Well, it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Welcome to the only show that doesn't care about ratings. Our sole purpose is to save souls. On purpose. Go to witnesstalkradio.org for more episodes and syndication options. You can connect with the show on social media or by calling 513-900-8070. Last month was the annual Earth Day celebration. You know, that special time of year when all the hippies come out of the woodwork and yell at you for not hugging enough trees. Okay, so that might be a slight exaggeration, but some believe there's a hidden agenda behind Earth Day. And it isn't just encouraging people to take better care of our planet. Earth Day. It's nothing but paganism. Answers with Ken Ham, one of the most in-demand Christian speakers in North America. Well, Ken, that sounds pretty strong there. Many people think that Earth Day is really a time to remember about caring for the environment and our Earth. Well, that's what the organizers of Earth Day would like you to think, Mark. And of course, to the average person and the way it's portrayed in the media, it sounds so admirable. And it's true that we need to look after this earth that God has given man dominion over. But there's much more behind this event than doing things like planting trees, stopping pollution and conserving natural resources. Christians need to understand that at the heart of Earth Day is New Age mysticism and the worship of Mother Earth, sometimes called Gaia or Sophia. In fact, Earth Day is really described in Romans chapter 1, where Paul tells about those who worship the creature, the creation, instead of the creator. At many Earth Day celebrations, you'll find New Age crystals to channel through, literature on how to worship Mother Earth, and how to contact the God within yourself. Most people don't realize that Earth Day is really a religious time for the New Age movement, and the teaching is based on evolutionary philosophy. They've totally rejected the true answers from the Bible. In reality, celebrating Earth Day is supporting evolution and encouraging people to worship nature. Why is the creation-evolution controversy at the heart of today's growing culture wars? Find out more when you read Ken's booklet on our website, AnswersRadio.com. You're listening to Witness Radio. The origins of Earth Day can be traced to the 1960s. Several vocal activists were beginning to raise the public's awareness about the problems of pollution and other environmental issues. Rachel Carson's Silent Spring was amongst the most influential books related to the impending dilemmas that the planet was facing. In 1968, Morton Hilbert, along with the U.S. Public Health Service, hosted the Human Ecology Symposium. The focus of this symposium was the state of the environment and the effects on human health that the environment can have. This symposium helped lay the groundwork for what would eventually become the first Earth Day. Over the next two years, Hilbert, Wisconsin Senator Gaylord Nelson, who is often called the founder of Earth Day, environmental activist Dennis Hayes, and many others worked to organize the first Earth Day, which took place in April of 1970. A similar celebration had also been organized earlier that year. On March 21, 1970, activist John McConnell helped organize a day to honor the Earth and the concept of peace. He chose the date of March 21st to coincide with the first day of spring. Eventually, these two separate Earth Days would be unified into one holiday. The name Earth Day had been suggested by many different people, and it seemed an obvious choice for the title of this new holiday, primarily because it rhymed with birthday. The date of April 22nd was chosen because it was recognized that college students would be amongst the most active participants. April 22nd would not fall during spring break, yet would be before final exams. This date would also prevent conflicts with the Easter and Passover holidays. 
Additionally, April 22nd was very close to the date of John Muir's birthday, April 21st. Muir was one of the most prominent conservationists of the late 1800s. More than 2,000 colleges and more than 10,000 public schools from across the nation participated in the first Earth Day. Some estimates claim that more than 20 million people took part in the festivities. More than 1 million people in New York City alone turned out for the demonstration. Originally, Earth Day was celebrated only once every 10 years. By 1990, Earth Day had grown to a worldwide event, with more than 200 million people in 141 nations taking part. After the success of the 1990 Earth Day, it was decided that Earth Day should be observed as a yearly event. Throughout the decade, the celebration of Earth Day helped bring a focus to environmental concerns such as the importance of recycling, climate change, and clean energy. Traditions associated with the holiday include the ringing of bells, including the Japanese peace bell, which was donated to the United Nations by Japan. It has also become traditional to sing the Earth Anthem, written by Abhay Kumar. There are many other ways Earth Day can be celebrated. Groups might choose to participate in a cleanup at a neighborhood park, plant trees, or even go without driving for a day. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? And say, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. There are things that cause the heart to wonder. Awe-inspiring things that can't be explained. That you never thought you would see. After more than 4,000 years, it's your moment to encounter the Ark. The voyage begins again, July 7. Welcome back to the show. And a very special welcome to anyone joining us from the Bible Thumping Wingnut audience. Let me know you're here by posting hashtag WRWingnut on social media. For those that don't know, I was interviewed at a conference recently by Tim Hurd on the Bible Thumping Wingnut podcast. Make sure to visit them at BibleThumpingWingnut.com to see all that they have to offer. Now, before leaving to attend that conference last month, I had the chance to talk with Jessica a college student wearing a tie-dye t-shirt and looking very hippie-esque. I thought Jessica might be an earth worshiper, but I guessed wrong. Today is Earth Day, and you look like someone who might have something to say regarding Earth Day. So what are your thoughts on Earth Day? I mean, I think it's a great concept. I think it's a great holiday. You know, everybody should respect uh, the, the planet that we live in, but why make it one day? You know, we should have, every day should be an Earth Day. So I think it's a good reminder for people to stay connected and, um, like, stay active and taking care of their environment. But like I said, shouldn't be limited to just one day a year. <laughs> it should be a mentality that's continued all year long. So, <laughs> so let me ask, uh, have you... Do you know of any activities that were planned for today for Earth Day, or did you attend any of those activities? I didn't know. I've been holed up in the library all day, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just now seeing sunlight. So Probably a nice, nice refresher today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful, beautiful Earth Day. So. <laughs> so how, give me some examples of how someone could celebrate 
Earth Day? Planting a tree. Um, recycling. Uh, just going outside in the park. I think all of those things, just celebrating the earth and celebrating the place we live in whatever way you feel comfortable and whatever way makes you happy, I think. (laughs) So, a lot of people, uh, they take Earth Day uh, to to another level or to another plateau Mm -hmm. where it's more than just celebrating... uh, you know the the earth and and the resources that it's provided for us it, it it almost i would say it almost even verges upon worship of the earth like the earth is god or like mother nature is right. is god what are your thoughts on that are are you one of those people or do you agree with that stance um i'm not one of those people but i think people who hold earth as their sort of religion um same could be said for like any religion you know who's to say what's right so if celebrating the earth and worshiping the things that it gives you so the plants and the trees if that's what makes you happy then whatever if that's what works for you that's cool but uh you don't need to impose those beliefs on other people either i think it's just i don't know whatever makes you happy (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm a Christian. I, I, this is a Christian radio show. Um, and, you know, we actually, uh, we have a, uh, in the Bible it talks about uh, there are people that will uh, exchange the truth of God for a lie. And they will worship the creation or the created things mm-hmm. rather than the creator, which is God. Now, do you think that there is an all-knowing, all-powerful God? Yes. Do I think there's a creator? Yes. But who's to say that that creator couldn't be whatever spirit, you know, created Earth? I don't know if I'm making sense. But who's to say, you know, the God you worship and the God that somebody else worships are different? Who's to say who's wrong? Um, I don't. I don't know. I think this is a sticky subject, so <laughs> well, I don't want to, you know, like uh, infringe on anybody else's beliefs. So I think uh, if your sect of Christianity works for you and it empowers you to be a good person and a loving person and a, a I don't know, a happier person, then that's awesome for you. But if somebody else chooses to worship the trees and the clouds and the sun, then and that helps make them a good person and an honest person, then I think that's okay too. So let me ask, uh, what are your personal uh, spiritual beliefs? You know, you said that you believe in a a creator Mm -hmm. uh, outside of just a a generic being Mm -hmm. out there. Do you have any specific beliefs? You know, Buddhism, Hinduism, Mormonism, atheism. Well, not atheism. You believe in a yeah. creator. So yeah. what, what do you believe? I guess I would categorize myself if I had had to as agnostic because I'm not sure what's out there. I'm not sure what the creator is. And I'm not sure if, you know, in our, our humble human minds, if we're meant to know exactly 
how things work up there. So um, do I appreciate religion? Do I appreciate some aspects of Christianity? Absolutely. I grew up in a Catholic school. I read the Bible. I've, I've read the Old Testament front to back for a couple courses here. And there are messages that I can take and appreciate out of it. You know, love your neighbor as yourself and respect source, respect whatever spirit is and acknowledge that you are not uh completely autonomous you know there's there's other things that go on into making you who you are and so do i believe that there's a a creator for all this yeah um do i have specific gods that i worship no like i said i i um am driven on more of just like loving my neighbor as myself and and just treating everybody as best as i can just i guess i'm a humanist you know I, i think everybody's equal and I think also if other people share that same mentality, we wouldn't have quite so much um, conflict going on. But, you know, not everybody's the same, and that's okay. So, well, Thank you for sharing your, your personal beliefs. I, I'm always curious to know what, what other people believe. Um, so one thing you brought up uh, a couple of times with talking of the different uh, personal beliefs and everything yeah. is... Uh, you say if that helps you to be a good person stuff like that well what about your personal beliefs is it is it helping you to be a good person yeah absolutely i i give back to my community in whatever way i can um i'm active in nonprofit work um i i recycle that doesn't mean i'm a good person but i try to be conscientious about the impact that i've made in my corner of the world and i try to treat everybody with respect and not necessarily the same level of respect you know if some people are rude to me maybe I'm not going to be as respectful to them but um I try to just be loving and and radiate that love and hopefully that comes back to me so can I uh can I ask you a couple of questions to test how good you're doing sure (laughs) all right so first question is how many lies do you think you've told in your whole life rough estimate (laughs) probably in the thousands i was a a rebellious young kid once but i i've told white lies i've told less harmful lies i don't know i i don't keep track but um sometimes honesty is not always the best you know there like there are not everything's just black and white there are definitely gray areas of all the the valuable truths so sometimes um a lie may be necessary to navigate a certain situation. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you call someone who tells, uh, as you put it, thousands of lies? Probably a normal person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but more specifically, it starts with L. Um, a liar. Very good. Okay. Thank you for your honesty, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So, another question is: Have you ever stolen anything, even something small? Yes. What do you call someone who steals? A thief. Very good. Next one. Uh, Have you ever used the name God or Jesus or Christ in a derogatory way, like a curse word? Uh, Yes. Yes, I have. That one is called blasphemy. Mm -hmm. And the God of the Bible says that is a very serious offense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's Jessica, right? Yeah. Jessica, what I've done is I've gone through three of the Ten Commandments. Basically, everybody can agree that's a good moral standard. Um, based, you know, you're good if you're keeping those. Well, 
I think that's uh, I think that's kind of irrational because every I think everybody at some point in their life steals, and no matter how small it is, everybody has told a lie at some point. Even it, when you're, you know, a little kid, you're trying to get out of your parents being upset at you for taking a cookie before dinner. I I, I don't think that that qualifies me as being a bad person or as being a uh, malintended person whatsoever. Okay. So let me ask, what is your standard? of goodness I think I I think if you try to like I said respect other people and their belief systems and their uh, incongruities their flaws um, and respect them for who they are and treat everybody equally um, like and again like I said try to clean up your area of the world a little bit make it a little um, less a little less scary a little nicer what do you where do you base your uh, definition of goodness on where do you get that from myself and what's worked for me Um, so basically it could be different for everybody the the level of goodness uh, well, yeah, I think give or take a lot of it could be based on your geographic location and where you were born, when you were born, the family and environment you were born into, um, the socialization process you've had when you've been brought up, you know, the school you went to and the values that have stuck with you through all of that. I think that plays a huge role and a big part in what someone values as goodness. Let me uh, pose a uh, scenario to you mm-hmm. uh, Hitler and the Nazis mm-hmm. are you familiar with them? yes okay. do you think what they did to over 6 million Jews do you think that was good or bad? I would say it's bad very bad morally yes but uh, from the courses that I've taken they tried to rationalize it in a uh, logistic way um, that doesn't mean it's morally correct, but I know Hitler and his uh, his cronies try to justify their actions. Right, and you know, you're exactly right. That's what they did. They tried to say what they were doing was right. I mean, the fact that it was legal to murder Jews back then mm-hmm. in, in Nazi Germany is appalling. To, to us here in 2016 but to the Nazi people they were okay with it because right. it was legal they said that was morally okay to go and murder a Jewish person right. but you and I know that's not right so you know it, we don't have to be taught that it's not okay to take another human being's life where do we get that innate sense of morality from Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, well, I, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You got me on this one. I think. I mean, I have reasons in my head. I guess, like I said, I think it's all a product of environment. So, good and bad is a very subjective thing, and uh, it's a very uh, coincidental thing too. Or circ- no, not coincidental, circumstantial thing too. You know, there, like I said before, there's gray areas to the conversation of good and bad. And I think it's hard to have an end all be all what is good and what is bad. So how can we judge 
another culture based on our morality if their morality is different. For example, going back to the Nazis, they said it was right. And in fact, it was legal to murder Jewish people. So according to their standard, that was okay. But according to our standard, it was not. So how could we punish them or judge them for what they were doing if what they thought they were doing was okay? It's hard because, I mean, America's past is not the cleanest either. We've had our own gentrification and our own, um, we've, you know, abolished the whole, or not the whole, but we segregated a lot of the Native Americans and pushed them off into horrible plots of land and killed off a huge, huge percentage of their people. So we had a genocide there too in our history. So are our hands clean and are we, should we be able to judge them? Absolutely not. Um... Do I still think that what they did is wrong? Yeah. So it's tough to say, I, I guess. Okay. Well, the point I'm, I'm trying to make with all of this, I'll bring it back full circle here, is, you know, you know I took you through the, the test there, asked you a couple of questions, and you said, well, just because I've broken those rules or those laws doesn't mean that I'm uh, not a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, and... We, a Nazi could do the same thing by that standard. They could say, oh, well, just because I murdered uh, a couple million Jews doesn't make me a bad person. According to my society, that's okay. So I'm not a bad person for murdering Jews. So I think we need to go to an ultimate authority or an ultimate morality standard. And according to the Bible that standard is God, the God of the Bible. In fact, it says that uh, in Romans 2, it talks about how he has written his law, the Ten Commandments, upon every person's heart. So we know innately, without being taught this, we know it is wrong to lie. We know it is wrong to steal. We know it is wrong to murder. You know, we know it is wrong to take the Lord's name in vain. I'll, I'll get get your thoughts in just a second. Yeah, I gotta get going. Yeah, I, I've got a parking meter up here that's running out. So okay, can I walk with you? Um, I'm okay. You know, I okay. think this conversation. I really do appreciate talking to you, but I'm gonna continue on my way. So. Well, Jennifer, thank you for talking to me. Yeah. And uh, you know, you say you don't know what's out there. I would love's encourage you. Out there, man. Love's out there. The Bible says God is love. Yeah. And, and I would encourage you to look into the Bible and, and see have. what it says. I have, yeah. Do it I've again. It. All right. <laughs> All All right. Jennifer, well, here you go. Ratings. We don't need no stupid ratings. You're listening to Witness Radio with Ryan Muriak. <coughs> but we like Ryan. <coughs> we do. Just go to witnesstalkradio.org. Okay. First things first, I'm sorry, Jessica, for getting your name wrong. I'm horrible when it comes to remembering names. Please forgive me. Hopefully, Jessica still read the gospel track and considers the information that I gave her. Our conversation took a few turns that I wasn't really expecting, but I enjoyed talking with Jessica and hearing her views on things. It was really neat to watch her facial expressions as she realized the inconsistency of her worldview. However, it was unfortunate that Jessica ended our conversation so 
prematurely, but I pray that the Holy Spirit continues to convict her of sin and to convince her of the gospel truth. Now, had Jessica actually been a worshiper of Mother Nature or the Earth, how would I have witnessed to her? Well, honestly, I had no idea at the time. I was just going to wing it. But since you or I may run into an Earth worshiper someday, Here's a scenario between Evan G. List and Trey Hugger to get your evangelistic juices flowing. Trey Hugger is played by my lovely wife, Elaine Muniak. Excuse me, miss. Did you get one of these? No, what is it? It's a gospel track. Do you have a Christian background? Do you know how many trees died so you could give those out? Um, no, not really. <sighs> Typical. You Christians are so selfish. Tree lives matter, man. Um... Yes, trees are a wonderful resource given to us by our Creator. I believe trees are eternal beings flowing throughout our existence. Well, if trees are eternal, why are you bothered by them being chopped down? Uh... You know, the Bible says that we should worship the Creator, not the creation. Have you always put the God of the Bible first? Do you worship God's creation more than God? I don't believe the Bible. You know, billions of trees give their lives every year for the printing of Bibles. Well, Jesus gave his life when he hung upon a tree. But he came back to life three days later and offers you eternal life. But it's only if you'll turn away from worshiping idols and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Yeah, I gotta go. Uh, tree's fallen in the forest and there's no one around to hear it, so... Cannibalism is okay as long as you're not actually hurting somebody. Wouldn't eating someone hurt them? I'm trying to do the best I can. There's only one way to have your sins forgiven. As born-again Christians, part of our duty is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or have never witnessed before, Witness Radio has something for you. Tune in next time to strengthen your faith and learn how to defend it. Go to witnesstalkradio.org. That's witnesstalkradio.org. Come to the Big Apple to learn how you can share and defend your faith biblically. Use your training to witness to people from all walks of life in places like Times Square, Battery Park, Chinatown, even on the subway. Repentant Witness will push you to the limit from August 4th through the 7th. Register today at RepentantWitness.com to secure a spot. Sign up by May 10th and travel costs while you're in New York will be included for free. Are you ready for the ultimate mission trip? Go to RepentantWitness.com right now because space is very limited questions there's a lot of those flying around and chances are you've got a few of your own to make things worse it seems you can't make a move without bumping into others with the same questions in this scientific age that supposedly disproved the bible it's hard to know what to believe wouldn't it be nice if you could find solid scientific and biblical answers that's exactly what you can expect from answers in genesis not only that we have something for everyone from kids to adults whether it's conferences the website radio books dvds curriculum or the answers magazine the goal remains the same to give you answers from the bible and science beginning in genesis as a matter of fact we're so dedicated to these answers we built a 70,000 square foot creation museum to point you in one direction to show why the Bible's history and gospel based in that history is true. The Bible's history will come to life as you encounter 160 exhibits, theaters, and a breathtaking planetarium. So, if you find yourself searching for answers in today's skeptical world, check us out and prepare to believe. You're 
This Sunday, I'll be teaching and preaching at New Richmond Christian Church, located at 1126 Bethel New Richmond Road in New Richmond, Ohio. The teaching begins at 9.30 in the morning, with the worship service starting at 10.30. I hope you'll be able to join me for this time of edification and worship of our Lord. There's also a few outreaches coming up. The first is in collaboration with Wretched Radio for a Biggest Question giveaway on May 25th, 2016. The other outreach is on June 25th at the annual Cincinnati Gay Pride Festival. Visit witnesstalkradio.org and sign up on the events page to receive more information about these evangelistic opportunities. Before I go, I want to give a shout out to the Ertl family. They've been listening to past episodes recently, and I got to tell you, that is such an encouragement to hear that people are listening. So thank you to the Ertl family for listening to the show. And if anyone else is listening to Witness Radio, please let me know, whether it's in person or you call me or email or through social media. I don't care. I'd just love to hear from you. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Witness Radio, please share the show with others. Until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and share the gospel. May God bless you. Radio has been brought to you by the Muniac family.